Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another bonus episode of Surviving Empathy. I'm your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk, you know, because lately, you know, I feel like I've been waxing a little too real, a little too negative. You know, sometimes we empaths, we we get a little too real for a little too long, and we got to change the station, man. we got to pump up the positive vibes. And I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea like I'm always going to wax negative. And so this whole episode is about what I do to protect myself, to create a protective field, and uh, how I uh, manage energetically to create more happiness and calm in my life and to push out the bad stuff, the anxiety, the angst, the frustration, the fear, the hatred, all the negative emotions that we feel. And so that's what this whole episode is going to be, you guys. It's just one big free-form dissertation, if you will, uh, on how I, as an empath, uh, deal with the world uh, in the real world, you know, because I do believe we have to live in the real world to a certain extent, but it's okay sometimes if we have to create a little bubble, a little protector uh, between us and that raw nerve of reality. We, you know, we empaths, we're raw nerves, boy. And so we have to sometimes put some barrier between ourselves and that, or else we might just feel it a little bit too much and it might shake us to our core. So there are strategies to to do that. And so that's what we'll be talking about. So thank you guys for listening. I just wanted to put out something positive because I was in a good mood today. Today is the Super Bowl, and uh, it's my grandmother, rest in peace. It would have been her, God, I don't even know how many years, but it would have been her birthday today. And so, Grandma, I love you. I miss you so very much, and I'm doing this for you, Grandma. (laughs) Let's begin. Oh. I'm okay, I'm okay. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to another bonus episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to kind of talk about a few things and kind of uh, cl- clear the air. This is a let's think of today's episode as a um, a friendship reinstallment. Uh, call it a, a maybe it's a ceremonial smudging. Uh, maybe we're cleansing out the demons. Whatever you want to call it, I want this episode to be sort of a um, fun and light and positive. Uh, you know, explanation of a few things because, um, the truth is, is that I, as an empath, um, feel bad, 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 bad when I have to, um, wax a little negative from time to time, you know, because the truth is, is that objective reality can be the shits, you know. Um, but I've just learned over time that when we sort out our life, not by ignoring reality, but, um, but you know, occasionally we have to filter that reality. We don't have to always, uh, especially as empaths, we don't have to always be, have a main line to the outside world all the time. We absolutely have to live occasionally in a bubble, if you will, you know. Um, but I talk on the show about occasionally what you might call negative things or uh, divisive things or uh, controversial things like politics and such. Um, but I do it because I think of you guys as my best friend, you know, and when I think of people as my friend, I think that we're, we can share an intimacy and we can share a connection 
uh, that not a lot of broadcasters, I think, can. You know, and the reason that is is because I, from the very beginning, uh, season one, episode one, I came into this knowing that I wanted to approach this coming from a place of realness, coming from a place of friendship and positivity and kindness and support, you know. But as time goes on, eventually, you know, you go through your own personal struggles, your own mental health woes. You also uh, have a, you get better at the job. There's a learning curve. Uh, but also, um, you get more intimate and you become more real because you become more comfortable, not only in your own uh, role, but you also start to trust your audience more too. And that's the thing, is that I actually trust you guys. I trust that when I talk about these things that you're not going to um, tune out, you're not going to, div- uh, you know, you're not going to abandon me in my time of need, you know. <laughs> Um, because at the end of the day, yeah, I have insecurities. Absolutely. Who doesn't, you know, I very, very much love doing this show for you guys. Um, I take it very seriously. I try to put out very good quality content and it is exhausting sometimes because you're not always going to be in the mood. You're not always going to feel the way that you want to feel. Uh, and, and when you struggle with mental health and you're struggling as an empath, being an empath is not um, an easy job for anyone. And uh, some of you empaths out there know that even when you don't always want to, you end up feeling things and, and vibing things that you can't always uh, entirely get rid of. You know, we try to block. We try all the exercises that I've taught you guys of blocking and filtering and um, uh, maintaining a posture of positivity and kindness. Um, but that doesn't necessarily change objective reality. The real world out there sometimes doesn't care if our intentions are good. They're still, if they get bored with you, they're going to tune out. If they don't think you're putting out good quality content, they're going to tune out. And if they can't vibe with you, if they're not gelling with the information being talked about, they're just going to tune out. And so um, I put out a, a, a bonus episode a, a, about a week ago. And uh, I went over it, and I feel pretty good about most of it. It's it's coming from the heart. And really, when you're coming from the heart, how can you truly go wrong, you know? But that being said, it did um, have a few topics in there and a few ways that I talked that I thought I could have improved. I could have improved the way I said something, or I could have improved um, simply the... Um, the um maybe explain things a little bit clearer because sometimes when i'm talking to you guys about realities whether it be politics or whether it be um the harshness and hardships of the world i hate having to do that i hate being the bearer of bad news because um i feel like i'm going to um scare you guys away frankly you know and i feel really bad about that because not only do i want you guys to stick around and see how this thing is going to grow, see how this whole operation is going to expand and become so much more than it is now. It, it's great now. I think I'm putting out pretty good content. The show is growing. Um, and the thing is, though, is that I, I reel from time to time when I have to wax a little bit negative and, um, and I get a little sour, I get a little cranky, you know? And so that's why on the last bonus episode, I was explaining to you guys 
the reason why I do that. You know, frankly, the reason why I do it is because I wouldn't edit myself for my best friend. And so why would I edit myself for you? Now, that being said, I know that there's going to be a huge cross-section of people out there that either love or hate me or some mixture. Um, and I hope that I'm earning your your respect and your um, dignity. And I hope that I'm putting out content that is uh, thoughtful enough to be useful for you, but still playful enough to have fun with. Um, but occasionally, you know, all human beings, in order to survive, they got to um, balance their diet with not only cotton candy, but, um, you know, you got to eat your broccoli from time to time. And so sometimes when I talk about real stuff that's a little bit more on the negative side, like capitalism and how the corporate agenda is kind of fucking our uh, whole, uh, you know, it's like uh, Tron Legacy when uh, <laughs> when he says, you're messing up my uh, Zen thing, man. Um, that it might be the case. And if that is the case, I really do apologize sincerely because I am not here to, I want to be an entertainer. I want this to be useful, but I also want to come from the heart and I want to be accurate. Um, so the one thing I do want to clarify though, is that when I talk about capitalism, when I talk about the harshness out there, when I talk about jobs and the unsustainability of the corporate agenda, um, that doesn't mean that I think every job sucks. That doesn't mean that I think every corporation sucks. I love Google. <laughs> um, the work they do, the some of the contributions they make to our technologies, um, I think they're great. Uh, I like the CEO. I, I was very pleasantly surprised to see that the CEO is of uh, Indian descent and that he's from India. And I don't know if he grew up poor or not, but I, but I, bet you that he's a rags to riches type of story. And I, I just, I don't know. I find that Google's putting out good work. Um, you know, Apple's okay too, but you know, I, I've always just kind of loved and fell in love with, uh, pixels and the pixel go, um, uh, laptop, the Chromebook. I have a pixel phone. I have Google devices all around. <laughs> I just like the Google infrastructure. I feel like it's solid. And that's not to, uh, you know, take anything away from, uh, you know, Amazon and their products as well, because I think they can be pretty good too. But um, once you kind of get into one infrastructure, you kind of stop getting to the other ones because it starts, you know, confusing everything. Now you got multiple devices everywhere and, you, you know, which way is which, you know. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, you guys, I do feel bad that sometimes I have to be the bearer of bad news. Um but I, but I, I assure you that there's a few reasons why I do that. The first one is that I feel like you and I as an audience have grown together. You know me now. You know that I have your best interests. And you know that when I talk this way, that I'm not going to be this way forever. So please, when I'm being negative or when I'm having to give you bad news or say something about the world that isn't entirely great, that doesn't mean that that entirely encapsulates my worldview, you know, just because I have a little bit of an issue with capitalism or corporatism or some of the injustices and inequalities therein does not mean uh, that I don't see a beautiful world out there. I absolutely do. But there is a difference between the planet and the world, if you will, you know, because frankly, the planet is, you know, the physical 
trees and the mountains and the beautiful pastures and the beautiful, you know, landscape and the fauna and the flora and all the beautiful earth. I love this earth. It's, it's, it captures the imagination. And that's why I get into, into cryptids and Bigfoot and all that because it just gives me a good excuse to, um, to think and talk about my, uh, survival training. You know, I love Survivor Man. I love, uh, the outdoors and camping and hiking and all that. And while I don't do it as much as I would like, um, it's a big part of who I am and who I've always been because I was in the military. Um, but at the end of the day, we cannot change the concrete physical universe other than, you know, we can, we can, you know, tear down a tree and put a parking lot there or something like that. But my point is, is that, um, the physical world is pretty much set in stone. Uh, whereas, but the world, the world is a different thing. We live on a planet, but the world is kind of what we create. It's our infrastructure. It's our attitudes. It's our, um, our systems like capitalism. It's our, um, attitudes that, um, that make up and encapsulate the totality of the human species. And while I think there's a lot of great work out there for a lot of people, um, the thing is, is that when I talk about capitalism in the negative, that's not to say that I poo-poo capitalism. I believe that compassionate capitalism d- can and does exist, but there's just a lot of room for improvement. You know what I mean? And so my fight, my struggle, my mission, if you will, is to um, simply get everybody on a baseline of understanding. Um, that doesn't mean that I think I'm going to somehow get conservatives and liberals to start hugging it out or that i'm going to start getting everybody to um you know uh, rise up and uh, fight the power you know uh, i wish that was the case um but i do believe that there is a net butterfly effect like i said last time there's a butterfly effect to education to positivity and when you have a voice that can literally potentially reach every human being on the planet i have looked at my numbers and my analytics. I have seen some of the countries that people are listening in, and I am just so proud that you would tune in all the way from Sri Lanka or uh, Sweden, uh, everywhere, everywhere in the United States and Canada, uh, South America, uh, even Africa. Um, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, you guys. Um, and so I don't expect every single one of you to understand my plight. I don't expect every single one of you to understand where I'm coming from. But when I when I started this show, um, just as it developed, I started uh, creating what I call through lines. And what a through line is for me is is that the show started developing its own little personality. You know, so I have certain things that I talk about repeatedly. Um, it could be little isms that I have, like when I'm always bringing up a Chris Cornell song. Um, you know, I just love Chris Cornell and I love Soundgarden. And so I bring up a lot of his lyrics because it reminds, something reminds me of something I learned, the wisdom I learned from Chris Cornell, you know? Um, and then there's a lot of other through lines as well. You know, I, you know, occasionally I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stick it to Joe Rogan as a joke, jokingly, uh, even though I like the guy, um, you know, and, and sometimes I pretend that, you know, I'm going to get as big as Joe Rogan and, he ain't got nothing on me kind of thing, you know. 
Um, and, and I have a lot of different through lines. Um, uh, you know, I, sometimes I talk politics. Sometimes I, I talk about Trump, uh, not very long, uh, usually briefly, but, um, but there have been a distinct number of, uh, through lines that I have developed, whether by accident or, or intentionally. I believe most of it just kind of came out naturally. And as it happened, I went with it because it's who I am. You know, I, I don't expect that everybody is going to uh, agree or understand what I'm saying, but I can tell you that objective reality for an empath uh, can be quite profound. And, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about here. You know, because the thing about objective reality for an empath is that empaths are very sensitive to energy and vibes, as you know. And so it can be exceedingly hard sometimes, even if you're in a good situation, even if you're surrounded by people that are happy or you all your needs financially or biologically are being met, it doesn't always guarantee happy outcomes. You know, I mean, doesn't mean that I'm not grateful. I'm absolutely grateful that I have a roof over my head and I'm being fed, <laughs> and I, I have a family that I love, and so, of course, I'm grateful for all of those things, um, absolutely, and I'm grateful for you guys as well, and I appreciate the fact that you're uh, still joining me on this journey. It, it means everything to me. It really does, um, but that being said, there are going to be times when you get impatient, when you get frustrated, and when uh, your empath and that's what I've talked about on the show. I talk about empath overload. Uh, it's when, as an empath, you, you've absorbed all this stuff from society and from your surroundings and from your community and from your mobile home park or wherever you could be your neighborhood. You know, empaths are just, um, they're a different breed of people. And I've talked about on the show how it isn't a magic power um, and it doesn't make you special, but it does make you different. It, maybe it doesn't make you special. Well, I guess it depends on how you define special. It does make you special in some degrees. But I just didn't want everybody who is an empath to get a big head about it. Because at the end of the day, it can be a real pain in the ass, you guys. Because frankly, I deal uh, with a lot of uh, situational depression and situational anxiety uh, because I'm uh, constantly absorbing uh, the world for better or for worse. And, um, unfortunately, the thing I've learned about energy is that it, it's a lot easier to take in negativity than it is to take in positivity. But that's not to say that we don't take in positivity because the reason why I'm recording today is because I am taking in positive vibes. It's, um, it's Super Bowl Sunday and, uh, everybody's in a good mood and I feel it. I sense it, boy. And uh, I can't explain where it's coming from or why. It's not just, it's 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 in the air. It's in the air and you feel it. Um, and I don't know how or why that happens, but it just does. And, um, and furthermore, it's my grandmother's uh, birthday. My grandmother uh, would have, she died. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Grandma. I love you. Um, but she passed away. Uh, back in 1999, uh, but today, w w you know, w would have been her, God, I don't even know, she'd be pr pretty up there by now, um, but she, you know, she was my best friend, my grandma was my best friend, even though I absolutely adore my mother too, 
my grandma and I had a connection that was very special, and I was a grandma's boy. <laughs> and maybe you can tell that from some of the way, you know, I talk. Um, occasionally, I can wax a little uh, nerdy and goofy and um, wholesome. And I'm proud of that, you know. You know, I, it took me a long time to get to a point of clarity to feel like that wholesome side could come out again. Because when you've dealt with all these jobs and all these struggles and all the hardship and all the uh, hurt and negativity, and uh, then you start the coping mechanisms with drinking and drugs and uh, every other thing, you know, I'm finally at a point where um, I feel like I've got my vices under control. I, I rarely drink. Um, I, when I do, occasionally I'll have a couple too many beers, but it, usually, um, it's not that, it's pretty far and few between. And, uh, I smoke a little bit of pot at night, I've told you. Um, I like, I prefer a sativa. Um, and that's because it's more energetic. Um, it doesn't get me couch locked like, uh, like, a like the, uh, other strain will, would an indica. And, uh, but I only smoke a little tiny bit at night and it's way late at night when everybody's gone to bed. Uh, because frankly, I can't, I mean, I can function stone, but I, I prefer not to, I, I like to function sober throughout the day. And then when the day is done, I have no responsibility. I, I take a few hits, uh, and then I sit and relax with my wife, you know, and sometimes we'll watch Bob's burgers or, um, we'll put in a movie and, uh, we do watch TV shows from time to time, but we have cable, but we don't watch it very much. We usually stream. Um, but there's a, a handful of shows that we've got on our list. You know, we want to watch uh, Boba Fett. We want to watch uh, The Expanse. Uh, you know, and there's a bunch of paranormal shows we watch. Um, but the point I'm making is that there are many, many joys that I have that I just don't talk about on the show, you guys. Um, and so when I'm talking about, you know, something real or something hurtful or something negative, um, please try to understand that um, that is not the totality of me as a person. Um, it's just that that happened to be the topic for that day. You know what I mean? So, and sometimes, you know, and I've talked about this before, is that sometimes in life you have to generalize when you're making a point. Um, it doesn't mean you're lying or fibbing. It just means that you, you're generalizing. When you talk about capitalism, when you're talking about jobs, when you're talking about uh certain per political party or whatever, sometimes you generalize to make a point because um, the va the vast overwhelming energy uh, tends to inform our senses of what's going on, you know? Um, and that's not to say uh, that I have it all figured out. I I'm a work in progress, just like you. But I do feel like I am coming finally from a place of wisdom and growth and happiness and... Um, I consider myself an educator, quite frankly, you know, uh, I'm a paranormal researcher, uh, I'm an empath, an empath, and mental health advocate, and so at the end of the day, I can get silly, I can get cranky, I can get fun-loving, and I can be all those things uh, across the board of the emotional spectrum, because that's what the human experience is. Um when I talk about certain emotions, you guys, and I talk about, for example, uh, emotional intelligence, um, I bring that up a lot because the point, the truth is, is that we cannot get stronger and we cannot get better until we've finally faced the big boss battle, if you will, of our inner uh, 
tyrant, if you will, uh, our inner critic, you know, that inner critic in us can be a motherfucker, you guys, you know, um, because it, it, it makes us feel uh, awkward and insecure when we're not feeling quite right. Uh, it makes us uh, hypersensitive and hyper aware uh, when we don't say something right or we don't do something right. Um, or we're not behaving in a way that is as natural as we'd like because we're overthinking something because we're nervous or something. Um, at the end of the day, the human, you know, the human condition is, is hard, you guys. And so that's why I try so hard to play it straight and give it to you straight. And then my hope is, is that you don't use that or hold that against me, you know. So that's why I apologize uh, occasionally because I don't like waxing negative. I would much, much, much prefer that I'm happy all the time. But unfortunately, um, I'm still growing as a, as a public figure. I'm still growing as a, as an entertainer. I'm growing as an empath. I'm growing as a researcher. I'm growing, growing, growing as an educator. And, and with that growth comes, um, a lot of, uh, growing pains, if you will, you know, um, it, growth is not hard and change is hard. And, um, you know, I've always tried very hard to be, to, to allow myself to change. Um, uh, for whatever reason, there's just some people that don't want to change. They don't, they're not self-aware enough to, to change. And for, so for myself, I want to change, but I want to change because I feel like I need it. Not because the world is telling me that I have to conform or get in line, you know? And so I come to you as a friend, uh, vulnerable. And um, with my hands out, open palmed, uh, naked and fearless, if you will, <laughs> um, hoping that um, you'll like what you see or you like what you hear or that you'll treat me as fairly as I treat you. And uh, and that's why occasionally uh, I'll wax a little less than uh, ideal because I want to be real for you guys because I want you guys to see that you can succeed in this world uh, without having to be a perfect person. Um, you know, I've told you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an atheist now, but I, I was a Christian for a very long time. And, um, I don't have anything against some of the teachings. In fact, some of the morality and the ethics there are right on target. And some of those fables and stories, uh, really speak to my heart in terms of, uh, growing as a person. And, uh, it reminds me of the, the story of Abraham. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but Abraham was the per kind of person where God came to Abraham, and uh, to make a long story short, he didn't feel worthy uh, of God of being God's mouthpiece or being God's disciple uh, for the simple fact that he was a cranky old curmudgeon. <laughs> he was a cranky, bitter guy. He was not a perfect person, and he said, you know, I'm... I don't know if I'm your best representative, sir, because, um, quite frankly, I'm a, I'm a little bit of an asshole, you know? <laughs> and, um, I don't remember all of it word for word, but I do remember that the moral of the story is, is that, um, God kind of said, that's why I made you my disciple. Because you're not perfect. Because at the end of the day, God sees in us things that we may not even see in ourselves. He sees our potential, etc., etc. Now, never mind whether God is real. The point is is that I see the potential in people 
that oftentimes they don't see in themselves as well. Now, does that mean that I don't get upset from time to time because the world can be a, a mean, rude, shallow, fake, plasticky place of unfairness and unkindness? Sure, it affects all of us. It affects all of us. But when I come to you to do a show, you have to understand that sometimes I have to um, self-contain a specific attitude or specific topic or a specific emotion uh, for that particular episode. In other words, when I get done recording, it, I don't stay miserable. I don't stay upset. Um, I'm, I'm getting upset in the moment out of a, for effect to show you the impact that these problems can have on us and our mental health, you know? And so it, it really is a leap of faith for me to trust you guys well enough to really, really be myself, uh, and hoping that you won't, uh, alienate me or turn your head or, or somehow ostracize me for being the way I, that I am, you know? It took me a long time as a shy kid, as an awkward kid, as a nerdy, gawky person uh, to uh, come around and find my strength. Not only as in my physical strength as a soldier and athlete and runner, but also as um, your mental strength as well. Because, I mean, frankly, I, I still, to this day get a little worried and freaked out that uh, perhaps I said too much, perhaps I went too far, and perhaps I'm alienating some of my audience out there. But I, tr- I truly believe that um, a person has to be their total true self uh, in order for others to see and identify. Um, and I think it just makes a better show, and I think it makes a better connection when I'm totally myself. Um, that being said, I mean... I don't want to routinely talk about um, things that are negative. If if it's giving you guys anxiety, or if it's if or if it's causing more harm than good, um, I simply use those things as tools to demonstrate that we don't uh, become positive uh, out the on the outset. On the outset, cannot talk. We do not become positive on the onset. For no reason, um, we wake up every day, just like everybody else, worried, afraid, freaking out about something. Um, it's through our process that we become stronger, better, more calm, more relaxed on the other side. In, in other words, we don't wake up with perfect mental health every day. We don't wake up every day in the best mood. Sometimes we do. But my point simply is, is that I am trying to show you guys that success and happiness and robust living is not accidental or incidental. It is, is a, it, it, it comes from the totality and accumulation of effort that we put into ourselves and others that uh, becomes the total sum of our joy, you know? And so, you know, I don't know a whole lot of people like in those mattress commercials where somebody wakes up and you watch them waking up and then the birds are chirping and then they stretch and then they got this big smile on their face. That ain't me. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, that ain't me. <laughs> um, but, but, but I do start sipping coffee and I do start thinking about things and occasionally, 
you do have to sort of swat down those negative feelings when they come out. Um, we have to grapple with those feelings all the time. Um, but there is a difference between swatting them down and ignoring them. Um, when I wake up and I see that I'm starting to get a little negative or I'm starting to get a little moody or irritated, uh, sometimes I have to step back and count to 10 and start thinking about the things that I'm grateful for. That always seems to put me back on track. Um, if something's irritating me or I'm getting upset, um, oftentimes it's best to, you know, change the channel, if you will. Um, change what you're doing. Change your setting. Change um, your mindset by doing something completely different. Um, if you have an, uh, if you're an empath like me, and these things just kind of end up inside of you a lot, um, that's where you're going to have to start strengthening your blocking and your filtering and uh, all the little ceremonies and rituals that we go through in order to um, block out the, all the negativity out there. Um, <clears throat> but also, it, it's a choice that sometimes we can help, and sometimes it's a choice that we can't help. And what I mean to say is, is that if somebody's hurting on the inside, and something's really getting their goat. They're just, it's in their craw. It's upsetting them. It's making them sad. It's making them angry. It's making them frustrated. Perhaps somebody screwed them over and they had a bad day. Or maybe they're reeling. I call it reeling. It's when you keep repeating and repeating and repeating inside your head some thought about something that happened that upset you. Um, I reel a lot because I'm an empath and because I'm sensitive. Um I, I want my audience to like me. I want um, my show to go well. I want uh, you know the world to be a kinder, better, gentler place. Um, when it isn't, um, I have to grapple with those negative feelings that I'm feeling, you know. And um, and so sometimes it's as easy as swatting it away and saying I'll handle you later. Um, and sometimes it's more uh, complex where we have to go through. A series of either exercises or th thinking uh, where we then arrive at a better place. Because, you know, not all coping me mechanisms are, are, are ideal. We don't want to start drinking or smoking pot at 10 o'clock in the morning, unless you have the day off. <laughs> but but in, a, in the ideal world, we don't want to have to depend on chemicals to change our brain chemistry in order to find comfort, happiness, or, uh, or calm, you know. Um, we want to be able to achieve those things naturally. That's not to say that I don't use coffee to get, you know, get my energy up. And that doesn't mean that I don't smoke a little bit of pot at night to get back down. Um, I take melatonin at night. Um, but, but really, if, if our body starts requiring constant chemical uh, treatment, if you will, um, it's going to, when it doesn't get it, it's it's just not going to be a good place. And so um, does that mean that I have no vices? No, it just means that um, when I feel like my vices are ruling me and I'm not ruling them, it is time, time, time to check myself before I wreck myself, you know. <laughs> um, but it's time to really assess what's going on here. And, and do I need a big change or do I need to modify something a little bit smaller, you know. Um, but you have to be very real with yourself. And that's the thing I'm trying to teach you guys is that um, objective reality is not the enemy. What we do with that objective reality can make the difference between doing something positive or doing something uh, negative or, or simply ignoring reality. Um, 
and, 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 but we have to, at the end of the day, face reality. Sometimes we can do it once a week. You know, it just depends, you know, it depends on what's going on in your life. Um, you might be going through a job or situation where it's just so grueling all the time that you just never get a chance to find your happy place. Maybe you're at work and maybe you're dealing with rude customers. Um, Rebecca deals with that all the time. You know, she told me yesterday, somebody called her a slut and a bitch. It was a homeless person. He was on drugs, but still it's, it's, it's hurtful. And, uh, we shouldn't have to tolerate that crap, you know? And so I come to you guys as a realist and a, and a pragmatist, um, with, with a desire to be an optimist. <laughs> um, but, but, but delusion is one of those things, you guys, and I've talked about it a little bit, but delusional behavior, uh, we all live a little bit uh, in delusional situations. We all have to delude ourselves at least a little bit uh, to stay happy. And, and what do I mean by that? Well, I mean to say that um, sometimes we have to create an energy field around us, an energy bubble, a vibe uh, bubble. We have to physically picture it in our mind we um we give it ozone layers if you will we give it um different um uh, d- different frequencies can get in and and so when you're developing your bubble um it's best to try to not uh live in some alternate reality in other words make sure that when you're deluding yourself <laughs> and you're creating a bubble between you and the real world, um, that you um, don't accidentally um, close yourself off from reality, um, but also that you don't allow your, you don't cut yourself off from other people as well. You want to keep your feelers out there um, so that you can continue making friends and you can continue living in the real world and you can continue growing and learning in real time. Because if you close yourself off too, too much, you may find that you're going to be all by yourself drinking and smoking and wishing you had more friends or wishing you had uh you you might have regrets because you um you maybe you miss somebody or maybe you 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 messed up in a relationship and you miss that person and um and it hurts on the inside um it happens to all of us we we're all human um but i've talked about how a lot of falling outs happen nowadays that a lot of for me anyway falling outs can happen just because people out there have become so punitive and uptight, you know, I, um, I spoke yesterday with a good friend of mine, uh, Bill, uh, Bill, <laughs> uh, Keith Burr, Keith Burr, the comedian. And I'm going to have an episode for you guys most likely on Wednesday. But, um, the point I'm making is that, um, he is a dear friend and, uh, he puts me in this good mood. He, allows the inner comedian in me to come out because I spend so much time in my own head to put on a show for empaths, for you guys, and to deal with real life stuff and real life mental health problems that sometimes I have to step out of that role for a while and make sure that I'm uh, also being a dude. I want to, you know, you know how guys have their man cave, you know, you know, a man cave is a, and for a woman, sometimes it's called a she shed, you know, <laughs> but that is a place where it's yours and it's only yours. And it's, it's where you go to either relax or do a hobby or craft or whatever. Um, it is your little happy place 
you know, and um, if your environment isn't your happy place, you have to make it your happy place. But uh, the the point I'm making is that um, I sometimes don't allow myself often enough to to be a dude, just to enjoy being a male. You know, um, I find fart jokes hilarious sometimes. Not always. <laughs> Depends on uh, how funny it is. But my point is, is that I. I need the friends and friendship of guys in order to not be so fucking sensitive, you know? Um, and that's not to say there aren't some females out there that I can confide in too. Um, there are, uh, I have a few friends who are, <laughs> um, you know, celebrate the, um, the rougher, gruffer side to life as well. But my point is, is that whatever works for you, um, you know, we have to live in reality. We have to live in the real world because we have to, uh, manipulate ourselves in that real world so that we are continually growing and changing and um, we want to succeed. And so we have to live in the real world and uh, we have to see the dangers. We have to see our competition. We have to see uh, the haters drinking their haterade and we have to see who's on our side. And you have to do that all simultaneously while living in objective reality. That being said, that doesn't mean that we can't create a, a she shed or a man cave where we can put up our protective bubble and enjoy the things we enjoy. Uh, not just activities, not just, you know, my Batman posters and all that, um, but also uh, an energy field, if you will. Um, whenever my energy is off and I just want to put myself in a lighter, more jo jovial mood, I think about my friend Craig or my friend Keith where they're my comedian friends. They're the ones that make light of of life and 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 the um, they help me highlight the more absurd and funny side to life because if you don't have a funny friend um and you aren't the funny friend, you better get one is is my advice. <laughs> um but the point is is that um we have to create an energy field and that energy field has a certain signature. Uh for me, it's a combination of my blocking and filtering out the negativity as an empath. It is also uh, in thinking about people and thoughts, and maybe it was a different time in your life. It could be somebody who passed on. Um, but when you include and incorporate those thoughts into your energy field as one, um, you became, you, you create an energy dome around you that has its own frequency and it has its own, uh, very specific configuration just for you. And that's what I do is I, I think about like today, today's Sunday. I'm going to turn this off in a bit and go watch the football game. I'm not a huge football fan, but I got nothing against it. I just worry about the traumatic brain injuries and I worry about those guys out there doing that. But, um, at the end of the day, I'm not against uh, people who have their various um, things they like. You know, they might not be for me. Uh, but the point is, is that we create an energy bubble that is specifically our own. And um, and I, I, it's hard to explain, but but you have to picture it. You have to visualize a field around you, and um, you you envision. It's kind of like. Um, Here's a good example. You know how uh, the Marvel Universe has the Infinity Stones and that when you're wearing all of the Infinity Stones inside the Infinity Glove, it's called the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, and when you are trying to get rid of 
all the bad people, but bring all the good ones back, like like Iron Man had to do at the end of Endgame. That's kind of what creating an energy field is like. You're thinking about all the things you want to incorporate and include in your energy field. And then you're thinking about all the things you're pushing out and excluding from that field simultaneously. And you want to picture it in a way that is as specific as possible. Because at the end of the day, you want that energy field to endure. You want it to feel real. And you want it to be able to hold up under scrutiny. And what I mean by that is, is you want your energy field to be something that can um, withstand people's negativity can withstand people's scrutiny and can with and can and you can withstand people's uh sort of when people don't come correct um you allow yourself to stay in a good frame of mind despite the fact that you are being um you know frankly hated on you know <laughs> not everybody in this world comes correct especially strangers so we have to get used to that in some way it's not right but we have to get used to it you know and so I have a very specific uh, dome that I create for myself where I bring in the excited, happy, youthful, but calming vibes and where I exclude my anxieties, I exclude the the hurt and the hate and the negativity and um, some of the ugly things I've seen in this world, some of the nasty, no good stuff that has no business being in this world, we... We exclude those things. Try not to think about those things. We exclude them. You push them out of your mind and you bring into your mind not only the good vibes and feelings that are around you, but also the good vibes and feelings within yourself. And you create an energy field around you. And I assure you, if you do it correctly, it's going to change frequency and it's going to probably change color. Um, you may not be able to visually see it, but with the right um, spectrograph, uh, you might be able to change your aura, uh, kind of like the old song, you know, oh, amber is the color of your energy. Um, you may or may not believe in all that stuff, and that's okay. Um, my point is, is that energy fields are real. Um, we create a, an energy field around us to protect ourselves from psychic attack. And uh, you can do it in such a way where you can be strong. And healthy, but in order to do it, not only do you have to be very conscious of your energy field, but you have to be very conscious of your mental health and where you're at right now. Um, because <clears throat> if you're not uh, in a good place, it could be very easily to to not only lo- create gaps and holes in your energy field, um, but you're also um, you could very easily uh, flip the script and end up in a very dark or negative place very quickly um, if you don't. Uh, think about your mindset, think about your energy, think about um, the things that you're grateful for, and, and and then start thinking about the things that calm you. What are some of the things that keep give you joy and peace and relaxation? You know, because for me, oh God, there's a lot of things, but thinking about superheroes, I don't know, it's nerdy, I know, but it helps me stay, um, it keeps me feeling wholesome. <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I geek on uh, audio stuff a lot, speakers and uh, subwoofers and things, um, just something I like. I, I go on YouTube and I, 
I go watch uh, Andrew Robinson or Josh Velour or any number of YouTubers out there. Uh, the Cheap Audio Man, he's great. I love that guy. He's kind of me. Gruff, but kind. <laughs> but the point is, is that there's a lot of good people in this world. And um, when you find that small tribe of people that you like, um, and I'm hoping I'm one of those people for you, um, you can start creating um, a mentality that endures. You can create a sense of calm that endures. But you have to be able to specifically identify those things um, consciously without effort. In other words, if if your brain isn't making instant connections to your sense of calm, um, what's going to happen is, is your your synaptic firing process is always going to gravitate to something negative because it, uh, our brains are wired that way. Um, we are uh, wired uh, for negativity. We are wired for fight or flight responses. And so um, that's why... Uh, negativity is is much more powerful for us than positivity because we're wired uh, to, you know, when something's hot, we move our hand from it. When somebody is uh, hurting people around them, we get away, you know. Um, That is a fight or flight response, and that is not necessarily inherently negative in and of itself, but it it can become negative because we are um, subjecting ourselves to the entirety of the world and that entirety of the world may or may not be um, jiving on our frequency. And so um, we have to get acutely aware of what we love and what we care about and who we love and who we care about. Um, and that is what, that's where we get our sense of identity from. And the better you have yourself figured out, the better you understand your identity, the better you try to be more positive you start creating more synapses in your brain and you make it easier for your brain to go there versus going to the dark side, going into a negative place. Um, you know, because I'm not immune to it either, you guys. Of course not. Um, the problem is, is that objective reality can often, oftentimes be more negative, uh, than we have positivity to endure. And that's why, um, finding a surplus of calm, finding a surplus of people that we um, think of as uh, as our soul brothers and sisters. You know, I think of my friend Craig. I think of my buddy Jim. He's the chiropractor buddy that I just talked to a moment ago. I just spoke with Keith Burr. He's doing great. Um, uh, my friend James Buxton. All these people. You don't you don't have to talk to them every day necessarily, but you you think about the spirit of that friendship and why um, those people are important to you. Um, my friend Mark, uh, I keep all these people uh, in my heart. They're, they're a close part of who I am because uh, they represent something wholesome and good and, and, and their intentions are good. And uh, they've always been there for me uh, when I'm feeling uh, insecure or down or dark. Uh, they have this tendency to cheer me up. And so so my point is, is that when you're cr- constructing this uh, energy field around you, you, you have to think about the sum totality of not only your best days and your best friends, but also of your worst days and, and of your worst enemies. In other words, um, you have to find some form of omnipresence, you know, and I'm not saying you have to become a master Zen master, you know, we're not all going to become Shaolin monks, you know, but, um, but if you could, that's great. But I sincerely believe that uh, anxieties manifest 
because it is the path to least resistance. And what I mean by that, and I'm not a psychologist, you guys, I've just spent a, a lot of time thinking about these things. And um, I did take psychology in, in school, though. Um, but the point is, is that um, anxiety happens when the conditions are right. So for me, for example, I get anxious when I'm overly tired or when um, when my comforts are, uh, are, are far away or uh, when my wife is driving up to Portland uh, or uh, when I wake up and uh, I, I find that my 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 mom I can't get a hold of her and I don't know where she is. Um, though these are all things that um, where our brain takes over and starts uh, taking all these liberties with your imagination, you know. And we always tend to assume the worst. And um, and so when you've been through a trauma, uh, could could have been a, an abusive relationship. It could have been um, a violent action. It could it could be something as simple as uh, simply um, getting a bad grade in school or having a contentious relationship with a coworker. Um, the point is, is that um, we, uh, we tend to uh, run away and, and, and we manifest these um, things in our mind uh, that, that um, makes it easier next time for our brain to go there if the conditions are met. In other words, um, a feeling that we get when we're negative um, if we feel it too often, we're literally biologically and neurologically creating those pathways to that feeling. And so if we can somehow reverse that and find a way to um, accidentally get happy more times than we accidentally get fearful or sad, um, we're doing that because we um, have created mindfulness. And you guys, you, you've seen the apps on the Google Play Store and the Apple Store um, mindfulness apps are huge nowadays. And why is that? It's because we're living in a very contentious, very busy, very big, uh, society. And, um, all that bigness is just too big for the human brain to handle. We cannot handle the pressure of thinking too much about the future. We cannot handle the pressure of thinking about all of our worries simultaneously. And so when we're thinking, here we are existing in this world, in this space. Um, oftentimes we need to, you know, we need to shorten it. We need to create a smaller uh, bite size out of it. We cannot take on all of life all at once. It is just, we are too small and fragile for that to be healthy. And so we have to take life in, in bite sized pieces and we have to find uh, pathways and and practices through ceremony and ritual and that could be different for each person but ceremonies and rituals uh to allow ourselves to find our peace to find our calm to find our happy place and when we do that often enough it gets easier 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 over time i am not a zen master you guys know that but I do know enough about neurology and I do know enough about uh, the human condition and I do know enough about energy and intention to self-teach myself ways that work for me. And uh, I do believe that everybody's brain is different. Everybody's cognitive processes fires differently and in different sequences and for different reasons. And some people have chemical imbalances and some don't. And some are just naturally happy and naturally positive and naturally energetic. 
And I'm not those things. Um, I can be when I'm in a good mood and when I'm caffeinated like right now. Um, but that's not my natural state. My natural state is a place of worry. My natural state is a place of um, uh, just concern, you know. Um, I was a worrywart kid, and I'm still a worrywart. I think I was just born that way. You know, I've talked about how people are born naturally a certain way. It's kind of like a basket full of brand new kittens. Some kittens um, get up and start running around before the other one. Some are very extroverted. Some are very shy. Some are very, um, you know, aggressive and playful. And others are very um, just, um, you know, uh, temperamental. And some are just very um, coy and shy. And that's okay. We are too. That's what we are. We're basket of kittens. And we all are born differently. And I was born a pensive child. And I don't know why that is. But... Uh, people nowadays think, well, Brian, you know, because a lot of my friends, some everybody sees you differently, and I have a lot of people who just see me as that friend with the calming hand, you know, and I'm very flattered for that. Um, but that being said, it took a lot of work to get here. Um, I'm a naturally pensive person. Um, I think that's because I'm a control freak, and I I want to be able to control my circumstances. I want to be able to control my environment. And when the world is getting too big and too mean and too aggressive, um, we cannot control it all. And so we do have to sort of um, take it in in bite-sized pizzas. And we do that essentially by finding our uh, inner joy paired with our uh, sense of calm, with our inner excitement. And when you, when you start picturing this bubble this energy field around you of all these people that you love, maybe some uh, cats or pets that you um, miss because they passed, maybe your grandma who passed away, like my grandma. Um, but in my energy world, um, in my bubble, um, is 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 Batman and Superman <laughs> and movies and a terrific sound system. And, um, you know, I've got my wife there and my mom and my grandpa um, and, and a handful of friends that I uh, find are dear to me. And, um, and, and I, I remove myself from all of the negativity, all the memories I've had of hardship and, and all the memories I've had of, of people uh, being mean to me and rude to me for no good reason. It can really get you down the world. Um, because it is, like I said, human beings are inherently negative by nature. Um, I don't think people can help it. We're just designed that way uh, out of survival. But the problem is, is that our brain is a tool like any tool. And um, when that tool isn't functioning properly, we either buy a new tool or we fix it, right? Um, and so think of your brain as a tool that um, should not be firing at every all the time about negativity. It should not always be firing, uh, giving you thoughts of uh, mortality and death. Uh, you shouldn't be thinking about death all the time. You shouldn't be thinking about mortality all the time. You should not be thinking all the time about the um, the unfair world or the negative uh, co-worker or, or some negative experience that happened to you in the past, some trauma. We, we do not want to think about those things all the time. And so what we do is we construct a world uh, of, of beauty and, and of comfort and ease uh, for ourselves, And that is our delusional bubble <laughs> frankly um but it's not really delusional per se it just means that 
we tune and turn down the things that aren't helping us right now, and we turn up and amplify the things that are working for us. Um, and everybody's different, so I can't give you specific advice for your brain because the combination that opens up your heart and your mind uh, is going to be different than what works for me. But what I can tell you is that um, if, like me, you're getting too negative and, and you, you know, I talk a lot about woke culture. I think what's wrong with woke people is not, you know, because I believe being woke is could be a good thing in the sense that you're becoming more mature and sophisticated in your emotional growth and development. And that makes you more aware of social injustice and social inequality. So in and of itself, that's a good thing. But if it's making you act militant or making you end friendships because somebody's conservative or somebody's not like you, um, maybe it's time to reassess. You know, um, being woke should mean a sense of omnipresence, a sense of calm, and a sense of happiness and joy. Um, because if we don't, we end up going to the dark side and then that has a domino effect. And so, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I can only tell you what works for me and what works for empaths. And so, uh, we are surrounded by energy all day, every day. And, 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 and for, you know, what I try to remember is that the world, um, doesn't concern me. Um, what people think about me is their business, not my business. Does that mean that I don't reel from time to time wondering if people are judging me and, 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 and scrutinizing me and making me, um, maybe they're making fun of me behind my back and I don't even know it? Sure. Sure. I think, you know, I think a guy coming out as an empath, uh, I'm an easy target, you know. Uh, but I'm strong enough now as a man, as a veteran, as an empath, as a um, teacher and guide, uh, where I've learned techniques to uh, maximize my joy and calm and where I tune down and turn down uh, the negative self-talk and I turn down the, cr the criticism that I'm sensing from the outside world because it's not our business. Frankly, what other people think about us is their business. And oftentimes, you know, it's like the meme that I saw the other day is that um, people who criticize us are always less busy than us. In other words, they have idle hands. They have time on their hands, enough time to focus in on you and look for your faults without concentrating on their own betterment and growth. <clears throat> Whoa, I had a Peter ba Brady moment. <laughs> uh, without concentrating on your betterment and growth. Okay, so that's what we want to do is we want to concentrate on our own happiness, our own life. I call it staying in your own lane. You have no business in the fast lane when you're doing self-care, and you have no business in the slow lane when it's time to get that mother gone. Soundgarden song, boom, I got it in there. <laughs> um, in other words, when your life is taking shape, when you're in a good mood, when you're energetically happy, Get stuff done. Yes. Don't waste it. It does, you know, I used to think when I was young that, you know, happy thoughts, good vibes, energy was nonstop. It was, uh, it wasn't until I got older that I started to realize that happiness and being energetic and ha having a good mood 
is a commodity and it is finite. It is not infinite. And at the end of the day, when we're in a good place, when we're in a good mood, use that and take that opportunity to do something positive in that moment. Whatever you think is going to be most beneficial to you in that moment or in your life. In other words, oh, you know, like today, I woke up, I'm in a good mood. Uh, the sun here in Oregon is kind of trying to show itself. I can kind of see the sun out there. Uh, we got the birds uh, coming up on our uh, window feeder and uh, Gouda saw a bird for the first time. And uh, it just created this energy of excitement. Um, but I didn't sleep very good last night because I, w- I had an interview last night with Keith Burr and I'm, I'm all tired and I'm all frazzled because uh, I was all jacked up and amped up yesterday uh, and, and so I, I didn't sleep great and I'm tired, but I'm in good spirits. And so that's what I'm concentrating on. And so in that energetic buzz, as temporary as it is, I use that opportunity to call my friend Jim, the chiropractor who we had a falling out, as you know. I used it to call Craig to say, hey, you're going to watch the game today, Super Bowl. Uh, I, I, I um, decided to record this. And so I'm what I'm saying is, is that when you're in a good place, don't take it for granted. Um, it may not come as frequently as it did when you were young, you know. Um, and if you're somebody who's always in a good mood, man, good for you. That means you have all those happy endorphins and chemicals uh, firing just right in your brain. And that is a good thing. Um, what I would say, though, what I would caution is that happy people... Sometimes, not always, but happy people on occasion um, don't get enough done because um, their happiness is is making them content in any situation, and therefore sometimes the there's not enough discomfort to push them into um, into motivation, you know, to getting things done. And so, what I would say about happiness is that yes. We want to be happy. We want to be contented. We want to feel good all the time. Um, but if we're not occasionally um, feeling uh, pressure, if we're not occasionally feeling discomfort, we may get ourselves into a false sense of security um, and then we start getting complacent. And then we don't want that. We want to stay energetic and busy and functional, but not so busy that we're just spinning our wheels, but busy enough to get things done. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you want to save your energy uh, for your spouse at the end of the day. In other words, pace yourself. Don't blow your wad. Sorry for that uh, <laughs> analogy, but don't blow your wad on one person. Don't blow your wad in the first hour of work. Don't blow your wad on one thing. Um, in other words, um, you know, try to pace yourself. Um, I get so excited sometimes, so excitable that I burn myself out, you know, and then I'm like, ugh, and now I don't have enough energy to finish the job in the, in the mood and in the, energy that I wanted, you know, and so if I were to have uh, blown my wad, uh, sorry to use that terminology, but I don't know what else to call it, Um, but if I had uh, exhausted all of my happiness and joy uh, in one shot talking to my friends, um, I wouldn't have had any happiness and joy to share with you. In other words, know your brain and how long uh, it takes your brain to... um, to reverse itself. Um, like my friend Jim Sturton. Um, in short bursts, he can be very happy and very joyful. Um, but 
about five, ten minutes, it goes away. <laughs> I ha- there's a there's a shelf life with that excitement that he feels for you, and so I use that opportunity to call him and say everything I need to say that's positive and good and happy and functional. And uh, at the end of the day, um, uh, when the ten minutes has gone by, and now he's sort of, um, I don't want to say he turns negative, but he sometimes. Uh, he might, you know, get tired or he might get distracted. Uh, occasionally he might get a little, um, just overwhelmed or overburdened, uh, by, by the happy feelings. In other words, sometimes people who feel happiness also express great pain afterward. Um, and you don't know who that is. With my friend Jim, I do feel that there's a shelf life of the caring and concern he will show you in that moment. And so I utilize that time wisely with him by saying all the things that need to be said in order to um, seal the deal, in order to make sure the friendship is in a good place. And then when things sort of derail because he's tired or he starts getting distracted because he is that way, (laughs) and I love him, but he does that, um, then it's like, well, that's okay. I got to go now anyways because I got some things to do and blah, blah, blah. And I love you and have a good day, bro. And I'll talk to you next time. You know what I'm saying? So know yourself, know when it's time uh, to change gears, to change the channel. If you, if you, if your happiness is um, finite, um, know how to pace yourself so you don't run out of happiness throughout the day. Um, easier said than done, I know, but um, but I do believe at the end of the day, um, we are in control. We are the pilots of. Our, our lives. We are the pilots of our uh, friendships. We are the pilots of our careers. We are the pilots of our innermost thoughts and feelings. And so that can be a very overwhelming place to be. And so sometimes we have to take all of that in little bite-sized doses. Um, when I think about the totality of what I'm doing right now, it blows my mind, you guys. I can't believe I'm literally talking to the entire world. Oh my God, if I really really thought on that too long <laughs> i'd be like start getting self you start getting self-conscious you start getting um, anxious and nervous um but at the end of the day i picture you guys um not sitting there judging and scrutinizing me but you're you're sitting there um listening and caring about what i have to say and i thank you for that because i do believe the vast majority of people out there in the world um when you come correct, people will reciprocate in kind. And so we have to learn reciprocity in this world. Um, I have a friend that gets upset at me because I don't call him enough and I have to tell him, sorry, I'm just busy and in my own head um, uh, because he wants to talk more often than I want to talk. And it's not because of him. It's nothing personal toward him. Um, it's just that um, he's a very chatty person and um, so can I be, but um, we don't always... Um, I have other outlets for that, uh, whereas he may not. I have this radio show. I have uh, other friends that I have to attend to, and so and and more another business to attend to, where he's semi-retired. And so the point I'm making is that um, at the end of the day, I I have to tell him, hey, bro, I, you know, I give him a hug when I'm there, but I I tell him, I go, hey, man, no, no, it's not like that at all. Um, in fact, um, I have a friend named Idris. Um, we talk every day on Instagram. And it's usually right when I get up because she's uh, she's in a different time zone than, than me. And so she'll get up 
and she'll tell me about her, her day and what's going on. And then I'll eventually get up because I'm a little bit more of a night owl. I'll get up uh, and then and talk to her. And while I'm sipping coffee, I will, um, you know, just start formulating my day based on her positivity. Um, the only problem is, is that I love talking to her so much that I start ignoring my responsibilities, you know. Maybe an hour goes by and maybe two hours goes by and I'm still talking to her and I'm like, oh man, I got to get things going. And so um, today for the first time I told her um, I may have to stop, you know, hanging out with you so much when I first get up because I got things I got to do, hon. (laughs) And she knows, she gets it. And that's the beauty of our friendship with her is that it's so... It's so on a place of honesty. It's so on a place of, of, of it's so real. It's so genuine that, um, sure, I feel bad when I have to say, hey, I'm sorry, but I got to go, hon. Um, but I told her that our friendship isn't going to change just because I have to form better habits. No, um, that's the thing, you guys, that we have to have the emotional intelligence to um, know how to talk to people correctly. And if people aren't coming correct, um, that doesn't mean that they have to become our enemy. Um, some people are a little bit, you know, different than us. Some people are annoying. Some people aren't on our level or they aren't on our level. We're on different frequencies, you know. And so the best way to behave in this world, I believe, um, is to simply uh, live and let live and to um, maximize your time on this earth, maximize your energy when you have it, maximize your good moods for getting done all the things you need to get done when you need to be in a good mood. And then maybe just maybe by doing those things, you will have stayed in a good mood. Um, and then later at the end of the day, when you're tired, you're not tired from stress and worry. You're tired from, from just exhausting yourself in positivity. You got this done. You got that done. You made a new friend. You did this, you did that. And um, there's nothing more satisfying than being tired from positive stress, not negative stress. Um, and, and the only way I can say to do that is if you're in a job you don't like, um, I get it. You know, um, I had a very hard time staying positive in a job that I didn't like, especially if I was around people I didn't like or people that at least weren't like me or didn't appreciate or respect my boundaries or respect my right to exist. And so... Um, when we live out there in that world, um, it's not always going to be so easy as me working from home where I can isolate myself and create and work on my signature, uh, you know, man cave, uh, bubble, if you will, my energy bubble. But, but what you can do is, um, you can find little things that help you uh, stay at peace. Um, you know, it's like that book, The Power of Now. He talks about the power of happiness in the here and now. That when we don't worry about the past and when we don't fret about the future, um, we are in, living in the present. And oftentimes when we're more mindful, that mindfulness, we can live in reality and not have it overwhelm us. And that is a trick, my friend, that most Buddhist monks uh, master, but very few average people master. We either don't have the support group or we don't have uh, perhaps the um the the life or the resources or perhaps we don't have the friendship or perhaps we're still getting over a, a trauma or grief from somebody who passed away or a relationship that ended in other words um sometimes we have to unlock all the mysteries of what's 
eating at us before we can start unlocking new uh, and exciting, fun, joyous things uh, to enter our life. And so um, I would ask you to write down all the things in your life that, that make you happy and grateful, and then write down all the things that make you nervous or fearful or hateful or spiteful or frustrated, and then start thinking about an action plan of how you can convert these things that are negative into these traits that are positive. I know that sounds silly. I know that sounds, you know, hyper-simplif- it's a hypersimplification and it seems kind of cliche, but you guys, the thing about our thinking is that our thinking is very abstract. We don't start um, seeing tangibles and concretes until we start realizing those things. And the only way to realize those things is to make them feel real. So sometimes it's visualization. Sometimes it's um, writing things down. Sometimes it's going into an art program and literally creating it from scratch. But that's my point, you guys. Like for me, um, sometimes I can't really get right with you until I've gotten right with myself And then once I'm right with myself, then I try to share that with you in the moment that I'm feeling it so that I can share that positivity and hope with you. Because yes, there are going to be days and plenty of days where I'm going to talk about real stuff. But I assure you, just because uh, you might catch an episode where I'm in a mood or catch an episode that's, uh, you know, intense or serious, uh, doesn't mean that I stay in that place. But in order to illustrate a point, I oftentimes will stay in that attitude or mindset or mood uh, because that's what I'm feeling in the moment. And and that is how we learn and grow in real time. So uh, so that's what I got for you guys. Uh, hour and 15 minutes of, of positivity and hope. <laughs> you guys, um, positivity is not uh, elusive. Um, we just have to make it happen. It's different for all of us. Um, I know what works for me. You know, uh, empaths especially are very prone to vibes and their surroundings. So um, make sure your surroundings are comfortable. Uh, make sure that uh, you, you have all the things in your life that help you feel at ease. Um, uh, and, and surround your life with the people and the things that give you comfort, relaxation, calm, peace, and joy. I know it's not a perfect thing, and I'm not a psychologist. I cannot give you a cookie-cutter, you know, formula, because the formula is going to be different for each person. But for me, what works is blocking. Um, And and when I say living in a delusional world, what I mean to say is is, um, we cannot create a better world, you guys, if we create a delusional world around us or we filter out everything around us to the point where we no longer are uh, coexisting in the real world. In other words, we're not making friends. We're not making acquaintances. We're not taking a chance on ourselves to learn and grow and to find new opportunities and find new friendships and to forge new bonds. When we close ourselves off too, too much, we're not willing to take risks anymore. We're not willing to see the positive out there in the world. And so we have to prepare ourselves uh, sometimes that sometimes we're going to fail. But failure, I promise you, is only success practice, you guys. So please don't give up. Don't give up. And if you need to talk to someone, talk to someone. If you don't have anyone to talk to, message me. 
I will talk to you. I promise. Um, there are people in this world that care. Not everybody's going to care. And the vibes in our society are not always going to be that which we want. Um, as an empath, I pick up on a lot of negative energy, a lot of hurtful, hateful energy. Um, there is a lot of people in this world who care too much about our differences, who care too much about uh, being male versus female or black versus white or Republican versus Democrat. I don't give a shit about all that, you guys. And, and, and I, I became a better version of myself when I stopped defining myself by my politics. So please, if your politics is defining you too much, um, realize that, you know, you can be proud to be a liberal or conservative. You can be proud to be a Democrat or Republican. But at the end of the day, my friends, if you're not giving other people a chance based on your differences, you're not going to open up and explore all the possibilities that life has for you. So, so that's what I got for you guys. Uh, just a bonus episode. Trying to keep it positive and trying to keep it real at the same time. But thank you guys so much. I will be back. Today is the 13th. I will be back in just a couple short weeks, you guys. So thank you so much for being a friend. Thank you so much for being a part of my Empath Tribe. And Rebecca and I will see you guys soon. And uh, I will be posting, more than likely, uh, an interview as a bonus episode with my uh, conversation with Keith Burr. Uh, Thanks to you guys. Bye, 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 bye. (laughs) Have a good one, you guys. Bye-bye.